G'day beer lovers and welcome to The Antidote, a series of special episodes of Brews News Live. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. In this series, we hope to engage with the beer community to share their insights, to get some ideas and strategies and to provide an online gathering place. It is, if you like to think of it this way, your virtual beer garden and we welcome you all. Now today, we get oot and a boot and check in with Canadian beer writer and author Stephen Beaumont after we catch up, no, and then we'll catch up with the beer diva, Kiralee Waldhorn, to see what she's up to in isolation. I'm joined each and every day by my Brews Newsweek co-host and good mate, Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. Careful about making a uh, rod for our back, Pete. We were every day, but now we're, well, we are every day, but only three days with the antidote. Well, that's it, yeah. It, it does seem like we do talk quite a bit. And I did mention too there, you know, uh, what, what we're going to find out what Kiralee's up to in isolation. Can I just say, just point out, have we got... We've got a lot more time on our hands, Matt, and yet we're abbreviating. I've heard and seen written in lots of places and lots of beer-related things. Instead of isolation, we're now saying ISO. Haven't we had this conversation? I'm having a bit of a Groundhog Day moment. You and I have, but not... It's part of the setup, or I just run. Ah, uh, okay. Just yes. I'm pretty sure we did it off air, or we might have done it on on Brews Newsweek. But yeah, do we really have you know that little time spare in all this extra time that we've got that we need to be uh, using the word ISO? Well, you know, like we, we shorten it to ISO so we've got more time to say pivot. <laughs> and piv doesn't sound as good. Piv doesn't. And the other thing too, and we did discuss this: isolation doesn't end in a in an e sound. So, uh, so like you can't. ISO-y, like you can't brecky or tinny or stubby it. But so I guess pivy. isolation gets just gets cut to ISO. But exactly. anyway, yeah. there we go. Um, how's your day been? Yeah, I can't believe it's Friday. Just another one rolls around. You know, I could, uh, <laughs> I am, I, um, I'll, I'll call it up very, very quickly. Somebody sent me a, a message this morning on, uh, messenger, um, you know, like because you, you just get in the habit of sort of touching base with people and seeing how things are going. And they sent me a, just a meme that I sort of said, uh, "Here we can go again." Oh, sorry, I meant to say good morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we'll let, yeah that, that's just for you guys in the chat room. We'll edit that out so okay. that we keep our PG rating okay. in the replays. Just, Was just there a point more that? work for myself? No, just sort of, yeah, you know, like it, it's Friday. I can't believe it's Friday again. Another one's rolled around. So, in, in, in I did weekend. notice too, somebody today was talking about uh, the big weekend and the little weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which during ISO is kind of, yeah, your, your five days. And, and look, I, I do appreciate that, you know, we, we're, I think we're in our stride. We've hit our stride now, Matt. We've, we're four weeks into the antidote. We were a little bit cautious early on about not being seen to be making light of anybody's situation, um, you know, as it transpires throughout this coronavirus um, lockdown situation. But I think it's important that we do, where possible, you know, we, we, we do acknowledge that there are some people doing it a lot harder than others uh, and a lot of people uh, just don't relate as well to to the isolation. You know, we spoke to Pete Brown um, and the, the thing he's really looking forward to is chatting, you know, banter, arguing, uh, talking over a pint in a pub, um, which he can do at the moment virtually, you know, through Zoom or whatever, but uh, it is difficult for some people. So and we don't want to make light of that, but... Obviously, we do want to, um, where, where, where possible, look for silver linings and turn those red thoughts into green thoughts. Bingo. There's a bingo tick. Yep. Buzzword bingo. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, okay. All right. Are we going to – that's one of mine. Yeah. No, someone said red red thoughts, green thoughts is a – Pete, you know, is oh, okay. on the, the bingo. Right. Okay. No, that's all. I'm adding that in. Cool. All right. Done. Um, 
we better get on because we have, speaking of uh, people who are uh, good at turning red thoughts into green thoughts, we've got uh, Stephen Beaumont all the way from Canada, Matt. We, we do, Pete. Well, we just go straight into... Uh, yeah, I've, we... I've got to remember what I said because pre-recorded, guys, so just <laughs> play along with this. Uh... This one is, and then we've got Curly Live. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Well, um, actually, Pete, you don't have to because... Well, as I mentioned in my introduction, it's uh, time to head to another side of the world and to pick up, uh, I guess, test the pulse of uh, how things are going in Canada. So we welcome uh, beer writer and author Stephen Beaumont. Welcome to The Antidote. Hello, how are you? Uh, you find us very well, although uh, locked down. Although, uh, as Matt said in the intro, the, uh, he managed to get out and did an office day uh, yesterday. How are things for you over there in Canada? Uh, well, we're in lockdown um, across the country. Uh, I think that the, the government's being very measured and, and handling things quite well here. Um, so uh, I, I live in a condominium in downtown Toronto, and... I get out to exercise usually about once a day and uh, every week to two weeks to, you know, get supplies in so that my wife and I don't starve or, or go without very important things like beer and scotch whiskey. Um, and other than that, we're just hanging in. Now, in Australia here, we're uh, into, uh, as people are listening to this, we're finishing week four of what's called, well, in Victoria, stage three restrictions, but effectively, you know, a, a lockdown, except for essential travel or, or movement. Um, whereabouts are you guys? I think we're somewhere around the same area. Um, I was traveling in early March down in southern Brazil. And I got back very early in the morning on the 15th of March. And I think the lockdown went into place somewhere around the 18th, you know, sometime that week. And did you personally sort of feel, I guess, just that little bit different, a little bit more nervous than you would, you know, returning from uh, foreign climbs in, in any other uh, decade of, of, your, of your existence? Well, when I was down in Brazil, um, Basically, nothing had really hit Brazil. They had, I think, three reported cases in Sao Paulo. Um, there, there was still a lot of speculation at the time that the the virus didn't survive in hot weather, and it was certainly hot down there. It was uh, in in Blumenau, where I was. It was around thirty degrees, twenty seven to thirty degrees every day. Um, so nobody was overly concerned about it there. Um, and when I got back, I still wasn't terribly concerned that I'd been exposed to anything. I didn't, I didn't feel like there was, and, and true enough, you know, if you believe the government, although, you know, with Brazil, it's always suspect, um, it, it hasn't been that bad down there. Um, certainly not as bad as it's, as it's been in uh, Western Europe and North America. Just thinking back to when Stephen was down last year for, for BrewCon and we had a bit of a, a tour around southern Queensland and northern New South Wales and that was uh, interrupted by the start of our fire season which dominated the, uh, the, the media reports over Christmas and is now a, a, a distant memory. Um, because it's this is a global catastrophe. Is, is is that the sense that you guys are having over there, Stephen? Or you know, what's the feeling about the global situation for this? Well, you know, Canadians tend to be globalists. Uh, you know, we we've always felt very much that we're uh, Canadians and then citizens of the world. 
So uh, there's a lot of um, sentimentality towards what's going on in Spain and France and Italy. Um, perhaps a little less uh, sympathy for our neighbors to the south because of some of the ridiculously stupid things that they're doing down there. Um, uh, as, as, I, as I talk to you, I just read this story about a protest in Mix Michigan. Where <laughs> I was reading that as well. I mean, you know, to get together to protest that, 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 that you can't, you're not supposed to, to get together. <laughs> yeah, and, and saying that their freedoms are being infringed by demonstrating that very clearly their freedoms were not being infringed because no one was breaking up this protest. It's just, it's such ridiculousness. Although maybe uh, people weren't breaking up the protest because the majority of them were carrying semi-automatic rifles. <laughs> well, there's that too. Because yeah. <laughs> they'll protect uh, you from the virus. Trump's been speculating about you know reopening the Canadian border soon, and and the overwhelming uh, opinion of Canadians is yeah no we're in no hurry. <laughs> <laughs> You've got nothing that we need. We can go slow on this one. <laughs> so talking about the, the the brewing industry, Stephen, we, we've seen a lot of breweries down here that um, were doing tap rooms and not a huge focus on. Uh, packaged beer, really pivot and look at getting, you know, even setting up their own um, drive-throughs, their own deli home deliveries, uh, doing beer and pizza deals. How are the Canadian breweries uh, coping with what's going on? Much the same way. Uh, you know, what you talk about, the, the new model for breweries for the last half decade really has been uh, open your tap room, sell anywhere from 50 to 80% of your beer at your front door and let the rest take care of itself. Um, so obviously when you close down that tap room, that is a major, major impact. Um, now most of these breweries were packaging beer to begin with because they wanted to sell it out of their brewery store. So it wasn't like a lot of them had to suddenly get canning lines in or figure out some way to get their beer into package. Um, but they have been allowed a large amount of latitude by the government to begin uh, distribution uh, via um, in Toronto. A lot of breweries, I think almost every brewery in Toronto will now drive beer to your door for free for a minimum order. Um, I've been doing a series of video reviews of Ontario beers um, on Instagram at uh, OG Beer Mag, um, which is the this the Instagram feed from Original Gravity, which is a magazine I run over here, um, just to kind of feature these different breweries and you know make sure that people know that yeah you can you can get this beer at home, you can get it di directly delivered to your front door, and it won't cost you any more than if you went to the brewery and bought it. That's a bit of a change for, and I know that Canada, sorry, Canada, Canada, Pete and I joke about calling it Canada. Um, Canada is very much like Australia where you've got uh, very strong states, but then it's a federal system. Are the, are the liquor selling laws um, state-based or are they national? They're, they're provincially based, so uh, every province is handling this slightly differently, but everybody is opening up to try to allow these businesses to stay in business. Um, in Ontario, in addition to seeing the breweries um, get permission to home deliver, 
uh, we've seen uh, restaurants and bars are now allowed to sell beer, wine, and packaged spirits to go, um, which is in for Ontario that's a massive, massive pivot. You know, it's something that I never thought that I'd actually see happen. Uh, but the government is giving these businesses uh, every avenue to revenue that they can possibly give them. So I respect the government's movement on that front. Um, and I, my wife and I have been trying to, you know, we, we're ordering food either for pickup or delivery at least uh, three times a week, usually a little more than that, to try to support the businesses that, that are around us. Um, you know, we know the owners, we're, we're friends with these people, and we want them to be around when all of this is over. Stephen, speaking of when all this is over and, you know, we talk about the new normal whenever that might begin and whatever it looks like, and we've asked our, our other um, guests, what do you think or what, what do you envisage as um, perhaps staying on as, uh, you know, so some of these innovative, um, whether they're government economic levers or just some interesting adjustments and innovative procedures that breweries, uh, for example, have, um, have thought up during this time, which do you think will, I guess, We'll, we'll keep on, and which do you think, you know, what, what do you think will have changed afterwards? Well, unfortunately, I think that we're going to have fewer breweries. Um, I think that is definitely something we're going to, we're going to be facing. Uh, there are some small operations that are just not going to survive this. Um, and I, you know, I've seen on social media uh, reports of places that have now announced they're, they're not going to be re reopening. Um, the Tornado in Seattle, uh, which was owned by Matt Bonney, who was a great guy, died a couple of years ago. Um, it's announced it's not going to be reopening. Dan Gordon's um, pub in Palo Alto, uh, the original site of Gordon Biersch Brewing um, in the U.S., they've announced they're not going to be opening. So we're going to be seeing some, some fewer numbers of breweries around um, I think people are going to be reluctant to go to bars, too. Uh, I think there's going to be probably when restrictions are eased, everyone will run out to a bar within the first week and then retreat back home and maybe not go out anywhere nearly as much as they used to. I think it's going to take some time for people to become comfortable again. Why, why do you uh, so say that's that? that's something that I, I, think, I think there's a lot of fear out there. Um, and, you know, to be fair, it takes a lot of fear to keep people indoors for as long as they've been, um, you know, to, to tell people that we're trying to stop the, the, the spread of this disease that can actually kill you. Um, that's, that's, that's a fear tactic, and it's effective. So I think the, the, polar, the, the, the effect of that in the long run is that people are going to be more reluctant to race back out to bars and restaurants. And also they're getting used to drinking at home. So, you know, if you want to be cautious, then you invite, you know, some friends over who haven't, you know, ha haven't been sick for four weeks. So they're pretty much virus free. You have a few drinks in your home and then you feel a little more safe than if all of a sudden you're thrust into a public space with a bunch of people you don't know. Mm. That's interesting because one of the statistics that we've seen down here is that whilst the the, the, the median age for people dying or being hospitalised is well over 50, 
the greatest number of infections have been uh, amongst people who are under 30 who you know the, the very early messaging that we saw was that um, this is a disease that affects older people primarily and young people will be very mild and that seems to have really coloured the the way that different age groups have engaged in the social distancing and thereby the the, the, the spread is that are you aware of any similar data from Canada? Um, I, not not that I'm aware of. Um, certainly, I, I've not I've not looked into uh, any statistics in terms of cases and and how the demographics work out. Uh, but you know, you don't have to be a genius to know that there's this greater sense of invincibility when you're under thirty than when you're over fifty. Mm. Uh, so yeah, you know, there 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 might be the, this tendency among people of my nephew's age, who are both in their uh, early to mid twenties, to say, okay, you know, we can go back to to normal now. Uh, maybe be a little more cautious, but I still want to get back to the bars and that type of thing. Uh, but you know, for people who are over thirty, over forty. Um, they've got households, they've got kids, they've got responsibilities, and they're might be more inclined to say, "Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to rush back until I'm absolutely certain that I'm not going to get this thing." Mm. No, no, it, 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 it's interesting that we might, and I'm sort of wondering whether we'll see a like an even broader, a more broad um, difference between those two demographics, you know, maybe people over 45 and people under 30 um, having two very, very different approaches to it. Because we spoke to Pete Brown earlier in the week who said that he thought that people are just going to rush back to, you know, the, the, the quintessential English pub. Well, I'll tell you something. I'm I'm 55, actually, about to turn 56. I'm about, a, what, 10 days away from my birthday now. Um, and I am going to rush back to bars. In fact, I have a plan in place for my wife and I when when they, they reopen things. I know exactly the bars we're going to go to. I know exactly where we're going to have dinner because we just want to get back to these places and say hi again. And yes, we support you and we're going to be here for you. Um, but I, I do think that in the general populace, I think there might be there might be that initial surge back but i think in the longer term there's going to be a greater reluctance and Stephen, i think you make a really interesting point there in terms of uh the 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 caution or fear that that some people might feel um you and your good lady wife if you're at a bar you can walk past if you can see that it's already heaving at the at the seams you might say yeah okay we'll come back later or we'll go to the next one i think the difference might be in things like uh, sporting events where you don't know how many other people are going to be there you're then confined to a seat and all of a sudden you know there's lots of people around i think um it's easier for us to to make those decisions to say i'll go to the cafe because there are not many people there and if it does start to get busy we can call it a day and, and move on yeah and i you know one of the things that certain people pay me for is to try to predict the future, to see what trends are going to be happening in the in the future, not just in Canada, but globally. Um, and one of the things I think we might see is that, uh, you know, every licensed establishment all around the world has a maximum capacity. Uh, well, if you're still worried about people getting into too much contact, maybe you start by allowing half that capacity back into the bar. So instead of having 120 people, you're allowed 60 people. Um, maybe we'll see sporting events start by selling every second seat rather than every seat. 
you know, there are all these different possibilities that uh, I, I think governments right now are trying to figure it out and say, okay, you know, how are we going to manage this? How we have the responsibility of the citizenry to make sure that this doesn't bounce back and start all over again. So how are we going to how are we going to manage that graduated return to something approaching normalcy? One of the other things that you're uh, engaged to do is is travel and, and, and visit places, and we we've seen beer tourism being an increasing element of the uh, the, 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 the the beer experience. How do you see that as being affected uh, through all of this? You know, I, I'm really picking up that people are starting to really embrace local even more than they had. This has been a real impetus for them to embrace their, their local breweries and potentially select them over um, ones that have come further afield. Do you think that global travel or a preference towards local will um, be, be impacted? Well, it's funny, you mentioned Pete Brown earlier. I was chatting with him just uh, last night, in fact. And uh, I said, you know, one of the two places that I'm missing the most are, are the pub and the airport. Um, <laughs> but I'm not, I, I, I'm not your average. I never thought I'd say that I'm missing airports, but there you have it. Um, I'm not your average guy. I think that uh, global travel is going to be very slow to come back. Um, the airlines are in a very, very tricky situation. Uh, you know, their their revenue streams have slowed to practically nothing. Um, I think when this is all, people are going to be very, very skeptical about, um, you know, where are we going to go? And, you know, this, is, this, this much is based on history. I mean, we've seen in Canada, we saw SARS. We've seen the avian flu come through. Um, so... We, we've, we've experienced this reluctance to go back. Uh, I think it was the avian flu or the swine flu, I forget which one it was, that had an outbreak in northern Mexico. And Mexican tourism took like over a year to recover from that before people wanted to go back. I think uh, Italy and Spain are going to be hit hard in terms of their tourism industries. Uh, China, for certain, is, you know, Chinese, uh, in, inbound Chinese tourism uh, was was never massive to begin with. The government has been trying to develop that over time, um, but it's 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 going to take a huge hit. Uh, and and the breweries that are have created these destination uh, brewing outfits, they're going to hurt from this too. Um, you know, there's there's no question. They're going to have to look at. What have they, how have they planned all this? Um, you've got something like BrewDog, which is based on having a global presence, having individual BrewDog bars around the world, and really appealing to people who come from all over. Um, how many of those bars are going to be closing because they won't be economically viable uh, six months from now? There's a lot of question marks in the air, but I think that uh, the 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 decline of international travel, I don't think is a question mark. I think that's pretty much a certainty. Now, Stephen, before we let you go, uh, we've spoken to our other guests in, uh, to, to pick up some tips and, and tricks and, st and strategies as to how they're coping. As a beer writer, is there something that you're doing, um, a project or anything that we can uh, help promote? Uh, well, Tim Webb and I have just completed the uh, third edition of the World Atlas of Beer, which will be coming out sometime this fall. 
hopefully when we can all be looking at uh, breweries around the world again and saying, oh, this is someplace I'd love to go visit, uh, we completely rewrote the entire thing. So it's it's not just a third edition. It's a, it's a totally new book. Um, and I'm looking forward to having that come out. And right now I'm just, I'm actually trying to sell <laughs> new book ideas just so I'll have something to do. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously the, 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 the new book will uh, feature your recent travels to Australia. Will indeed. Um, uh, Tim and I, for each one of these, we split up the world. And of course, this time I, I got all of Australasia. So um, you can, if I, if I got anything wrong, you can blame me directly for that. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, we better let you go. Thank you very much for joining us on The Antidote and uh, good luck with isolation, Stephen Beaumont. It's been a great pleasure. Always, always fun to talk to you guys. Sorry, but I, I know I have a habit of doing this, Pete. But uh, no, Stephen, on, it, it, I've been having my coffee while you've been, uh, no doubt, enjoying your beer. Do you mind sharing uh, the, the the beer and also the style? Oh well, um, yeah. I, um, as I said, I've been doing these uh, online uh, video reviews on Instagram, and I've been highlighting Ontario beers. I'm not. I'm not usually one of these guys who, who's a big booster of drinking local, but uh, during these circumstances, I've switched all of my beer buying to local breweries to try to support them as much as I can. And I'm encouraging everybody everywhere to support your local breweries um, because if everyone handle, helps out their local guys, then the international stuff will take care of itself. Um, but right now I'm, I'm drinking a brewery uh, down in Niagara, which is the wine country of Ontario, and it's called Oast House. And uh, they started their life as a, as a farmhouse style brewery and then pivoted away from it and have lately pivoted back to it. So I'm having their saison, which is a very lovely pour. Excellent. And it's uh, early evening, your time. It's 8 a.m. Uh, our time here in Australia. Not yes. that I'm judging, yeah. but just, just so that we can, <laughs> we can paint, paint the picture for, for our listeners, that's all. Well, I, I think we all know from the, the video, our Instagram video from the Barefoot Contessa, uh, Ida Garden, that you can have, it's, it's cocktail hour anytime now. There's, there's no more rules. <laughs> no such thing as Friday, no such thing as Monday, every day's a weekend. Yep. It, 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 you're constantly in an airport, if you think of it that way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> But all the pubs are closed, so there's you know there's the downside. Well, Stephen Beaumont, uh, we certainly look forward to uh, catching up with you in real life uh, when we're all allowed uh, again to be oot and a boot. Um, thanks for joining us on the antidote. Absolutely, it's it's been fun, and uh, give me a call anytime. Always happy to chat. Well, there we go, Matt. That was Stephen Beaumont, and I just remembered as soon as he did the intro that I forgot to write down the bit where uh, I said you were. I was going to mention to you in the intro uh, that we that you went into the office yesterday. So the, the <laughs> intro to Steve would make sense, but never mind. Hey, listen, I've also added a new specifically Northern Hemisphere uh, word to uh, buzzword to buzzword bingo. What's that? I I, I didn't realise this morning when we were chatting to Stephen, but I realised then listening back, normalcy. So Pete Brown said normalcy. Returning and, to normalcy. Yeah, and um, and John Holt said normalcy. Oh, there you go. So it's an international, adding a bit of international flavour to uh, uh, beard words bingo. Yeah, there you go. So now, it's, it's, 
onwards and upwards. Now, our next guest who will be live, so uh, anyone who's got any questions for her. But Pete, I, I, I did speak, I went back and listened to the very, very, very first episode when we were working out how to make this thing work. And uh, it and it did feature the beer diva herself, Curly Walthorn. Curly, welcome Just to Just hang the... on. No, hang on. I've got an intro. Oh, you've Just got an intro. Sorry. Hold on. Sorry. Because Curly is pivoting. So this is why we're talking to Curly. This is something yeah, very important. So, Curly, your call is important to us, and we appreciate your patience during this difficult time. This call may be recorded for training and quality purposes. To talk to Matt and Pete, press 1. Beep. <laughs> That's not how I answer the phone, Pete. There's a, well, well, no it wasn't normally, but okay. Kiralee Walton, welcome to the Antidote. Hello. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. It is. It's been Are we fun. talking about like all those years ago? Is that what you're 2011. To, it was 2011. 2011. When... Oh, my uh, yeah. God. Nine years ago. That's I know. Crazy, I know. Matt, Matt James Smith, Kiralee Walton. Yeah. That's brilliant. I remember we were talking about... Um, the crown, um, the wedding, uh, and the a, the ale, the anniversary ale. Is that what it was called? I kind of remember now. Exploding. Oh, the crown ambassador well, reserve. Talk, crown ambassador, ambassador reserve. reserve. Well, we we talked about that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But yes. we also spoke yes. about uh, it was Prince. Uh, yes, the wedding. William's wedding as well, and wedding. we spoke yes, about the, the, the ale brewing especially. That's right. Oh and my gosh! Oh, I have to send it to you because the beers that we were talking about as well were so and I'm not insultingly, but compared to the selection that we've got now, the the, yeah. the beers that we were talking about were, were rather pedestrian. Uh, rather. So uh, I'll, I'll send it to you. But anyway, but let, let, let's not reminisce we're with everyone having to, to listen in. Um, no. Tell us a little we'll bit. we do that on our own time. <laughs> we, we can and we should. Um, we, yes. we, we should have an ISO beer session together um, yes, one day. we should actually. Great idea. But what we wanted to oh, talk sorry. about is, uh, I mean, with everything that's that's happened, um, my a big part of what I do is events and doing mm-hmm. you know, festivals and events and food uh, festivals and hosting. Completely kaput. My diary is suddenly empty. Um, I was meant to be getting on a plane tomorrow and going to Craft Brewers Conference, um, and yes. my, my diary is just completely empty. And I guess with Beer Diva um, and Nightingale events and so much of what you do is uh, event work. How are things going for you? Yeah, pretty similar, actually. <laughs> Ditto. So um, I think it was there was there was a day, and I think it was uh, around the fourteenth of March when um, I was supposed to be going to a fashion event, darling, as you do, um, <laughs> that got canned, and then that's when they came out with the five hundred people um, or more ban on social gatherings and from there it just literally <laughs> snowballed and I was just reading emails saying cancel, 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 or picking up the phone, cancel, cancel, cancel. So yeah, mine went from yay, it's all cool for the next few months to there's absolutely nothing going on for the next few months. So, so, so yeah, it's a bit of a bit so, of a shock. So what do you do? Because I know that you do quite a bit of consulting to different uh, companies as well as a bit of a sideline. Are you able to yeah. pivot to do more of that or um, you, you're um, spending some time on the phones? Yeah, I have I, ha- I have been able to help um, 
some breweries but of course you know they're they're just trying to figure out how they get through this mess without it, it wasn't really the right time to go in and go let's talk about your future yeah exactly so you know i um I, I, I did do a little bit of that, but yeah, fundamentally not, not really anything. So um, I just went into, right, I need, I need to earn some money as we all do um, mode and just started looking at different things and just pressed apply, 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 apply to all sorts of things. I don't even know half the things I apply for, to be honest. I was just thinking, how do I, how do I get myself through all of this? And um I ended up um, having an interview with a company who um, are basically contracted um, by the federal government. Um, and, of course, there's a lot going on with the federal government at the moment. Um, but specifically, um, one of the areas is supporting small businesses um, through this whole COVID-19 response from the federal government. So things like JobKeeper, Job Seeker, um, the Cash Boost program, all of that stuff, um, and the phone lines were just going hot, and they needed more people who understood small business. So they recruited ten um, small business owners, and I was one of them, to basically get on the phones and take calls um, to help other small businesses figure out how to navigate this this new world of um, support and just um getting themselves through the next few months so it's been really interesting actually so that's my pivot <laughs> so, so, so talk us through that tell us uh, <laughs> let, let us hear your phone technique if, if it's different to what pete <laughs> well we have to get three points of id first pete you should know that to um to be able to get on with the call so you know you introduce yourself and get name and phone number and and um postcode but then literally it's, you know, the, the great thing is, is there's no kind of time restriction. They're not saying you've got two minutes on every call. They, you know, they know um, what these businesses are going through um, and therefore it's, you know, whatever time it takes to, to help them. But it, generally a lot of the questions are around, I run, a, I run a small business, I'm a sole trader, what help is out there for me? You know, I'm struggling um, where do I go? What do I do? Um, JobKeeper is a big part of it. So if anyone out there <laughs> in the brewery world doesn't know about JobKeeper, you should. Um, so that's all about trying to support businesses um, and their employees through the next six months by um, providing a payment, a fortnightly payment to, to companies which they then pay pay their employees um, to basically keep their employees um, financially stable but also hopefully at the end um, they're all able to come out of this and, and still have a job and still have a business. So, um, yeah, fascinating in terms of the types of calls. I have had, you know, quite a few in hospitality um, calling me, um, venue operators, um uh, not breweries. I haven't had any breweries, so maybe they just all know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've been racing they're all so on hard top to of get it. their shops uh, sorted I, I was had... going to say the drive-through, um, <laughs> the drive-through setup. Um, but yeah, look, it's you know a, a lot of them are just 
also just wanting to talk to someone and just you know it, it gets them i think um emotional support as well um as financial they just want to have a chat and kind of tell you their story and um yeah i've had had some interesting calls so tell us one of, Pete, sure. one of pete's favorite you know being the positive guy that he is he loves the uh, turning red thoughts into green thoughts um metaphor um yeah so going through that process where you're speaking to businesses and hearing their tales what are mm-hmm. you learning from that? And, and, you know, and what's something that when this is all over, um, you're learning that you can apply to your own business? Um, just, to get, just to get everything in order, really. And look, I mean, I, I've literally started on the phones on Tuesday after a week of training last week. I am learning every day, um, you know, more information about just the, these programs that are available. And I think one thing that I have learnt is um, the the website that we are basically kind of supporting, business.gov.au, there's so much support out there for, for small business. If you um, just explore and try to find it, there's a huge amount of grants. So my dog might start barking she's getting a bit grumpy with me um but yeah there's a huge amount of grants out there for all kinds of businesses there's information on you know how to start a business um all the steps to go through um marketing social media there's just a massive amount of um of information um for anyone in small business and at, that's the federal level and then at the state level um, you know there's even further support so something that I've learned is actually just go on and have a look and see what's available and um, start actually utilizing some of these amazing programs and grants um, that are available specifically for, for small business in Australia and, and do your tax returns uh, on time and your tax returns or are you able to work from home no, I'm working from home, which is why I'm opening the door. When you do get to those ones where they want to sort of, you know, tell the story and it gets a bit boring, you're, like you're able to crack a midday saison, um, you know, while just got, to help you through. I've got a line up on the, on the desk. <laughs> I could if I wanted to. I haven't actually thought about that. I thought I'd just get through the first week without beer. Um, but, yeah, I, I could. So, yeah, we've transferred transformed the house both the boys who are in high school um their bedrooms are their classrooms my my bedrooms my call center um and it all seems to be working so far which is is good because that's originally uh the purpose i guess that we we, we thought we'd get you on because uh, first of all yourself myself and matt are probably reasonably unique in the in the independent beer scene in that you know the majority of our work is gig-based, um, event-based, mm. hosting-based, and that sort of thing, um, be a festival-based. But we're also yeah. all parents. Um, so you've yes. got year nine and year 11, I think, the same as myself. Um, yeah, yep. And so we we're originally going to get you on to sort of get some tips on, you know, how's the homeschooling going? Have you, you know, dusted off the, the, the mortarboard and gown <laughs> and got the cane out for the boys or are they, uh, you know, are they coping well? They're coping extremely well. They're very self-sufficient, as you can imagine. So because they haven't got we a literally, well, they don't. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the routine is I kind of go and keep them awake at eight thirty with a cup of tea. 
<laughs> say it's time you've got half an hour before you need to be in front of your laptop for school um and then we come out in breaks basically and um i mean the, the school is great in that um i'm sure a lot of um schools use compass but it's a great way of keeping in touch so they're the teachers i think um because they realize obviously a lot of parents are still working as well um, particularly in high school they just send through updates in terms of what they're doing and then you can go online and see what um, the expectations are in terms of if they've got projects due um, yeah, so you know you can keep yeah you can keep keep track of it that way but there's a lot of faith that you know they're not actually sleeping through school <laughs> Well, mine, done yeah, the roll call. Thinking, oh, good. Dad's going to teach me, so I'm going to learn a lot of stuff, but we'll do it a lot quicker than the teacher would do it. But um, she's got to yeah. be up at 8 30 because they've got to log in. And, um, yes, that, well, like, so the mine. Yeah, absolutely. For every period, they have to have a roll call. So, um, yeah, I think that my two were hoping that it would be done and dusted by 11 o'clock, but they're actually doing a full proper day of school. So they start at nine and have their normal recess and lunch breaks and then finish at 10 past three. And then yeah. have now, to Kirali, keep very quiet. Before, before we let you go, we've got a young fella, mm -hmm. Mick Hulse, is in the in the chat room, and he says, oh, hey, Kirali, big know, love Nick. to you and the family. Kiss. No, oh, that's sweet. Very nice. I know Mick's been doing his, his afternoon beer garden, and unfortunately I haven't been able to partake because I've, you know, obviously been on the phone. On the clock. <laughs> on the clock, yeah. Um, yeah, so sorry, Mick. I, hopefully I'll get there doing on the weekend. How are you guys going anyway? How are you two coping with the well, schooling? This is how we're filling our days. By <laughs> <laughs> well, the end of this, we're either going to be, um, you know, best mates a la perfect strangers or, um, or we yeah. will have killed each other. There, there's already a little bit of that, so. Um, no, it's Larry. <laughs> but, Kirti, what's your read on how – are you keeping in contact with the, the, the events that you are regularly doing and hearing back for – how quickly stuff will spring back to life once restrictions uh, are, are finished? Not really, not really, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, all so I obviously do a lot of bar staff training as well, and that's all that put all of that on hold um, uh, for the foreseeable future. I think I think everyone just just shut down, um, and they're really waiting to see. Um, you know where we were going to get to it was that first we've had the first month of you know lockdowns and and shock and and what's going to happen and you know obviously Australia's reacted and responded um pretty well I think we're you know certainly doing well compared to other countries and I think um the next four weeks is going to be that's when people are going to start thinking okay if we're going to come out of this then what does that mean and I hope it means that everyone just wants to gather <laughs> And have lots of events and, you know, celebrate that we got through it. But, yeah, who knows, really. It's it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens with all of that. It certainly will. Listen, Kiralee, thank you very much for joining us on The Antidote. Um, good to hear that you've, uh, you've pivoted, you've adjusted. Um, yeah. To and I would, I would just say, um, you know, to any any small um, businesses, you know, most most of the breweries would would be considered small businesses. Um, to just get online, um, there is a, a number, but there's a huge amount of information. Um, JobKeeper, which is obviously that that payment that um, is 
uh, going to support a lot of businesses, is actually opening on Monday in terms of the enrolments. So just get on there, see what see what's there for you because there is support out there. Um, and any questions, just send me a message and I'll, <laughs> I'll be careful what you be wish sure to answer. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> That's been the theme for us this week. Alice, is there a, a website or, a, you know, a 1-800 number or something that's a, a, a good first port of call? Yeah. So the website is business.gov.au and that's got all the information and it, and it actually goes into sole traders, small businesses, so it gives you all that info. And then the ATO is, is where the JobKeeper um, is all held. So they're the ones that are going to be making the call on eligibility. We'll put a link in the yeah, show notes for you. Business.gov.au. Yeah, well, certainly. it's it, And once this is all over, you know, that's something, again, that I'm going to go back and explore because the, the amount of grants on there, not so much now, but um, in the past, is huge. So if you can get some money out of the government, why not? Huh? <laughs> exactly. Hope and just to check a couple of words on our buzzword bingo, Kirillu, before we let you go. Yes, um, yes normalcy. We will see you on the other side and uh, for some normalcy. And uh, yes. look forward to uh, picking up where we left off uh, with Gabs and Brucon and all the rest of it. Absolutely. Yeah, let's, let's hope that... Um... Yeah, it happens sooner rather than later. I'm also very good at the phonetic alphabet now too, by the way. I don't know uh, if that's what's, what's you, a buzzword. What's your yeah. uniform? Uniform, well done. Mm, Jay? Yeah. Jay, Juliet. Excellent. Yeah. Work. yeah, yeah no, I mean, I, call me impressed. Kira Lee Walton, the Beer Diva, thank you very much for taking the time to join us on The Antidote. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And I can't believe it's been nine bloody years since you've had me <laughs> on here. Like, we have tried to be fair, but you're such a busy lady. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. Missed, you missed our 200 yeah, episode. Yeah. Yes, I did, actually. I did. Yeah. But anyway. We, All we, right. We have fun, guys. So, so Stay safe. Look forward to having a beer. Yeah, definitely. All right. We have to organise a Zoom beer with you guys. Done. That's a plan. All right. Take, take, take care. care. See you guys. Stay safe, stay home, wash your damn hands. <laughs> nice one, Pete. Nice. All right, yeah. there we go. Whew. Did she ISO? I think I think there was another ISO in there as well. There could have been. There, there were a couple of pivots, and good, good to see she was listening in. So there was a bit of normalcy there. <laughs> I'm not imagining that, am I? Like normality is the right. Is, is it like a green well, and a yeah, green? No, no, we know what it means. Let's not argue about semantics. <laughs> Let's uh, ride this puppy into the weekend. All right, done. Hey, listen, I've got an absolute cracker, and this one I've written especially for you, Matt, so you are going to love this one. Okay. Ready for me to go? Strum away, Matt. This is the long form, Pete. the Beatles with their reworked 1963 classic, I Saw Her Standing There. Join us again <laughs> same time tomorrow for The Antidote with Matt and Pete. Uh, I think that comes with a hashtag dad joke. <laughs>